We are the Knights of Awakening. So long as I draw breath in this life, I promise to serve this world responsibly with empathy, compassion, and grace. I have faith that what I am doing is right and just. I bring hope to every life that I touch through inspired and empowered involvement. When called to action, I will employ courage in the face of adversity and always stand up for what is right. Being patient, find peace and insight in my trials. I will keep in mind that justice can bring terrible consequences for all involved and that I also must employ mercy when I can. I will be generous to my brothers, sisters, and strangers for they are my family. I, I strive to always be noble and respectful in all of my interactions in the world. I am brave and courageous. Taking action in any manner, whether it is popular or not, requires courage. Being courageous is not just acting physically. It is acting with right action in all I do because it is the right thing to do. Having that unshakable faith we talked about earlier, acting within the uh, motives of your integrity and never compromising on, those, on, on certain things, it does require a lot of courage. Because sometimes you're standing up to people that you once loved or you people that you respect. Or it may put your livelihood in peril, right? Courage isn't just about fighting lions, Charles. It's about wondering how you're going to pay your bills sometimes and, and being really careful about what you stand up for. Indeed. And the nature of this with bravery and courage the the core of this is it's a matter of it's about taking action whether it's popular or not being brave isn't sitting there and saying well you know i didn't say it but i was thinking it it's saying it but saying it for the right reason doing it for the right reason doing what was right at the moment because it was right the hard part of this is doing this within all things that we do. It's difficult to always be brave and courageous. We are a social creature. We are built on an innate level to seek the approval and love of all of those within our circle, within our tribe, within our connective sphere. And because of that, when someone is doing something wrong, it is difficult to be brave, partially because the same mechanisms that allow us to self-analyze and make certain that we are not being hypocritical or bigotous are the same systems that cause us to seek approval in others. It's that same self-analytical component that causes you to look at what you're doing, look at what you're about to say or do, and asks, how is this perceived by the rest of the world? While that component could be very useful in making sure that you're not being a bigot and holding someone in an accountability that you would not hold yourself, it can be very useful in making sure that you're not being overly harsh it can also make it so that you are not being truthful, right, standing up for what is good and right within the world, standing up for that idea of right action. So within it, it is very important to recognize that there's a bravery because 
the bravery in any confrontation is not you standing up to someone else. It's you standing up to your own trepidation over the action of needing to stand up. Yeah. Be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your actions. Be impeccable with your motives. Be impeccable with your intentions. It's never about perfect form or perfect speech or perfect technique. It's more so about perfect intention. If those things are, are, are good, then your actions and words and others should be, will generally be good too. But these things do, do take courage. And, and we always like to say that courage isn't just about being macho and it's not about being, you know, uh, the strongest or the fastest or the biggest. It's about doing what's right. It's the right thing to do. Applying your integrity even when it's kind of detrimental to you to do so. And that takes courage. This one lends itself to nobility, which is one of our nightly agreements. I am honorable and trustworthy. My word is my bond. I keep my promises. I honor commitments. And I praise those who are virtuous. My example is my honor. Now this one's kind of this one's kind of like if if we have any higher ideals that we're trying to strive for, this one is the hardest one to strive for. This one is probably the highest ideal out of them all because it 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 is hard to be impeccable with your word a lot. It's hard to keep your promises. It's hard to always keep your commitments. It is hard to be that shiny example for other people to follow. This is by far the hardest one. This is the one that many of us will fail in the most. This is the one that we will justify failures in the most. It is the one that we will dance around because what we're speaking on is integrity. And we are from a very early age conditioned towards a concept of integrity being based on only if we succeeded in being disingenuous. You see little kids do this all the time. They tell lies, and if they get away with the lie, there's no one there holding them to it, holding them to what the reality is. And if the time between the lie and finding out is long enough, the punishment is ultimately less severe as a rule, depending on the, the lie and what's told and so on and so forth. We are a reactionary-based organism we live in a way where we react more intensely to an immediate stimuli. And finding out something is done months or weeks later doesn't have as big of an impact on us. So we raise our children in that way, which means that most of us are conditioned on some level that if we do something wrong, it's okay if no one finds out. If we don't keep our word, it's okay, so long as we don't let anyone know. That we should only honor our commitments up to the point 
that it feels good for us to do so. We fight that. We fight that nature. We fight that conditioning. But we also fight the fact that we have a social structure based around lying. So, Justin, I'm going to do a little back and forth with you on this one. Uh, I've got this. I've got this pasta dish that I know you don't eat pasta right now with your diet. So I'm going to make up this pasta dish for you. I'm going to make it up with peanut butter, tomato sauce, anchovies, and a bit of a bit of pickle relish in the sauce. Mm-hmm. I make this this dish for you, and it takes me eight hours to make the sauce. You can tell by the ingredients right now how it's going to taste. I know what your response is going to be because you're a man of honor and dignity, and this is going to taste like hell. But what does society say your response should be? I am brave and courageous. Taking action in any manner, whether it's popular or not, requires courage. <laughs> wow. So well, you need yeah, courage just to eat the thing. I'll give you a better example. Um, you know, you have a young couple just married, and the wife or husband, let's be modern, wife or husband, one of the two makes spends all day in the kitchen and and they worked really hard and they put a lot of love and and effort into it and you know you bite into it and it tastes like just it's horrible it's burnt it's horrible the ingredients don't match and they're they're looking at you and they are you know their eyes are as big as saucers and they're just sitting there waiting for you to to taste, take a bite and taste it, and mm. and they ask you how it is, and you through through oh, choking. Oh, it is awesome, you know. Or the whole uh, there's a story that was floating around Facebook is about the burnt pie. There's a burnt pie, and you know the the dad is telling us giving the son a life lesson about you know telling your mom the lying to your mom about the pie being burnt. Um, especially after the day she's had, uh, is you know is is a uh, um, showing her compassion and mercy, and you know she doesn't need to hear any more bad news today or whatever. I mean it's you know do, do these pants make my 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 binocanon look fat? Uh, no, you look great. You look great in everything you wear, honey. Right? I, and that's. I have... I've learned over the years there is no good answer to that question because if you answer yes, those pants were supposed to be slimming. And if you answer no, then those pants were supposed to make the butt look bigger. It, it, what you have is Pavlov's pants, or not Pavlov, um, is it, no, it's uh, Schrodinger's pants. Yeah. You won't know what you were expected to say until you actually say it. But uh, you know this. This goes back to to the conversation we had about you know is our lies ever necessary? Our lies are ever our lies ever acceptable? And I think this was something we did at the group. One of the questions I had asked something to the effect of is it ever acceptable to lie? And this is where we get into this. You know, um, I think if if you're basically if if you are if your intention is to live a life where you're compassionate and loving 
as best as you can. Um, I don't think a lie telling your wife or your husband that the food wasn't great um, is is necessarily uh, an evil act or a bad act. Now, something I've done in the past is if my wife had tried a new recipe with me and it wasn't great, I would tell her, you know, it's it's pretty good, um, but maybe next time we should try to add more this or add, or, or, <laughs> or, or, or add less less of this ingredient or more of this ingredient. Maybe you should try adding this right. a, a different ingredient. Um, this gets us back to tact and, and diplomacy. It's, you know, and this is why, this is where, and, and being flexible. Uh, if you have a moral inflex, inflexibility to lying, your life is going to be really, 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 really hard. If you can't allow yourself to embellish with a loved one um, when you're trying to spare their feelings, you know. Other times, it's it's not good to embellish, and it's good to tell them the hard truth sometimes. But these things are situational, so that's why this one's hard. But, you know, I, I wrote this with the idea that I want to be as noble as possible, and not, not noble as in, you know, rich and famous and one of those gaudy-looking jewel encrusted crowns or you know noble as as in my soul is noble my no, my soul is kind and compassionate and i embody the ideas the higher ideas that we um, talk about all the time it's a, a lofty goal to strive to but a good one i you strive know, to be honorable and trustworthy you know i think that i am very trustworthy i i like to think that i'm honorable uh, my word is my bond. I do try my best to keep my promises. I do try my best to honor my commitments. Um, I do praise those around me who are virtuous. And you know, if you're if you're striving to do these things, your example will be your honor. Your example will be good. You know, looking at this, I think one thing to take into account is we always go to extremes with these things because that is human nature. But this really is eloquent because it says, my word is my bond. I keep my promises and I honor my commitments. I praise those who are virtuous. My example is my honor. So the question is always, are you giving someone your word or your promise? Is it real what you're doing at that moment? I always say to a dishonorable person, I give them a word that has value, that has honor, and that has a bond equal to the person that I'm working with, that I'm discussing. So if someone is trying to rip someone off and I'm trying to catch them in the act so I can turn them in, because I will, um, my word to them, it, it is like gold. Gold is malleable. It is flexible. You would not want to make any high-resistance tool out of gold. My word is gold for them. Um, with someone like Justin, who is very honorable, very noble in his actions, someone who is good, kind, and compassionate, my word is titanium. It's a titanium alloy hybrid blend so that it, it has no... It's not flexible, but it doesn't break under stress. Now you notice... 
a lot of people would say, well, your word has more value to this uh, this ne'er-do-well because it's gold. And I say that depends on what you value more in a given situation. Something that is shiny and looks good, but that's true worth is ultimately negligible for most applications, or something at which you could build an entire building out of because it's so strong and firm. That is how I look at my word. So I can honestly say my word has a lot of value to it, but that value is very different depending on where it's at and the circumstances of its use. But I will say that those are extreme case scenarios as well. Not everybody is Justin, and not everybody is a ne'er-do-well attempting to take advantage of someone who I'm trying to stop. So for the general public, most of the time, my word is steel. Steel can be broken under the right circumstances, but it's rare to do so. It's hard to do so. It is a good it is an example of my honor. I would find it very difficult to let someone of good character down when they're counting on me. It would be difficult for me to do. Not impossible because like the world, sometimes things are outside of your control. Like like the metallurgy analogy that I use with enough force and application Sometimes you can't do a thing. I said I'd be here for this show today. If, had I gotten sick to the point where I couldn't make it to the show, where I could not be at my microphone, where I couldn't sit up or even breathe, I would not be here. Uh, that is a good example of how your word can only go so far. But had someone called me up and said, hey, can you do this other thing? My response would have been, no, I've got plans. Because my word has that bond and value. Now, had I given my word to meet with someone who was uh, seeking my own downfall or the downfall of others in the hopes of finding out more of why they were doing that, and Justin said, "Hey, do you want to do a show?" I'd have been, I'd say, "Yeah, let me give me a second to cancel this other meeting," <laughs> because at that point, unless they're a major threat, the good I could do by being here and honoring a commitment with Justin would be greater than the good I can do with someone who already has no value, as it says. You should praise those who are, who are virtuous. Your honor should be, your word should be an example of your honor. And you should be trustworthy most of the time. And it is very easy to become pedantic about these ideals. That said, on the food example, I am terrible for this because I was raised in a family where if you did not say it tasted good, it was the end of the world. And so when I became a free man, I 
changed my perspective on that. When I came of age, I determined that I would speak truthfully most of the time. For me, I want to make this really clear. When I talk about I would break my word or be dishonest in these specific circumstances, the reason that comes up is because outside of those circumstances, if you ask me, does this make my butt look big? It's, yeah, it's huge. Oh, my God. What are you thinking? Is an acceptable response. I consider that valid. That's me being honorable. This way you know you can trust what I say next. This way when you ask, oh, are you sure that you set the timer on the oven? If I say yes, you know I did it. I'm sure. I am certain. If you say, yes, did you take care of that bill? You know that I have taken care of that bill. My wife knows every pair of pants that makes her butt look big. She also knows that the bills are paid. She knows which foods agitate my stomach. She knows whether or not I like a person who's a part of her life or whether or not I simply tolerate them. She has no areas of my mind in that way that are hidden from her because I am blatantly honest, because I have no major incentive in doing the right thing to be dishonest. It is only under circumstances where it is more honorable to be dishonest that I seek dishonesty. Sometimes that requires courage. Sometimes I call Justin up and I go, man, if I should die, I need you to I need you to take care of a few things for me. And he asks why, and I say, because my wife is about to ask me how these pants, how they look. And I need courage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last one. I protect the weak and defend the innocent. Whenever I can, wherever I go, whatever I do. Now, that doesn't say, you know, chop off the heads of all evildoers. There's lots of ways you can protect people, lots of ways you can defend people. Oftentimes, it's just standing up to people, standing up to others, standing up for somebody. You know. Now, of course, be careful because you need to know when to step in and when not to. You shouldn't just... Step in for everybody, but uh, <laughs> that'll get you in trouble too. You know, I I I know that there are no numbers on this, but we start out with peace and serenity in the face of danger and strife as a cornerstone, but then we end with the purpose as a knight. You have decided to take on an inspiration from a concept of defenders and guardians, protectors of the weak and the innocent. You've taken on the the fairy tale role of the person who's on a quest to better the world. That's the imagery you're using to fuel your psychology, to fuel the way your mind moves your reasons for getting up in the morning, and how you deal with the world around you. You've taken on an idea that is bigger than you. It's bigger than 
all of us put together. And in that idea, protecting the weak and defending the innocent is the highest point, and it gives purpose to everything that comes before it. Because without protecting the weak and defending the innocent, why would you seek justice? It would only be vengeance. Why would you be honorable? Why would your word be important? Well, your word is important so that the weak and the innocent know they can trust you. Because if everyone knows that Justin is an honorable man, everyone knows that Charles is an honorable man, then they know that in a moment of crisis they can come to you and you will be a pillar to get them from point A to point B, to get them through that, to defend them, to protect them, to render aid to them, to help them. Defending and protecting is not just defending and protecting them from an attacker, but helping defend and protect them from the world, the harshness that is just life. It does not mean making them complacent, because you are not truly defending anyone if you don't uplift them to help them protect themselves later. But it does mean when the very worst things are coming at them, stepping in the way. If we're not here to protect the weak, to, to defend the innocent, then why do we need to be confident that our actions are right? Why do we need to be responsible and accountable? Why do we need to be diplomatic and tactful? Because if you are not diplomatic and tactful when you're defending the weak, you can often to them appear to be a bigger bully than the last one they ran into. You can often become what they were facing, just aimed at whatever they were facing. You have to have logic and reason so that you know that you're defending the weak, that you're protecting the innocent. Because if you don't have that, you're only going to go just with emotional biases. Everything in this hinges on the image of the word night. And the image of the word knight is married inseparably to the concept of protecting the weak and defending the innocent. If this is not your inspiration, and I don't mean necessarily drawing a sword and fighting someone to the death, but the inspiration of I am going to go out and make the world a better place by standing up for the people that can't. If that's not your inspiration then none of this has any meaning to you. And if you've gotten to this line and you're there and you're going, eh, yeah, all the rest of this is great, but protecting the weak and defending the innocent sounds like an awful lot I don't want to take on. Then the rest of this probably wasn't what you needed. Yeah. And then your example will not your example will show your lack of honor. Exactly. You need it. It's a package deal. It really is a package deal. You know, a lot of this stuff comes from my personal diary, little journal. I hate that word diary. <laughs> my diary has my other personal things in it. A lot of these come from my personal journal, uh, thoughts and ideas that I had, uh, things that I needed to keep me going. The ideas behind this is to be better every day. 
and to be capable and and be honorable enough to want to protect the weak, defend the innocent, to be courageous. And while doing that, be merciful, be practical, flexible, diplomatic, compassionate, considerate, respecting others, being calm in the face of Armageddon, being attentive, focused, logical, reasonable, self-disciplined, and self-reliant. All these things kind of lend themselves to each other. And so this this is the last of a, a multi uh, a multi episode uh, topic here. Uh, in in your world, you're going to see these in twenty to thirty minute chunks. Charles and I have been at this for about two hours now. So, um, yeah. It, I, I want to say when when we started this, I want to say when we started this, Justin looks at me and goes, "This should be a nice, light, easy one that we can get through in about fifteen minutes before we move to something else." Yeah. And I, I think I I, I a, grinned. This is going to be a warm up. Yeah, nice little warm-up. This is, a, this is our warm-up. You should see what's coming next. <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Make sure to check out the, the description and the, the links in the description. Check them out. A lot of good stuff there. We love you all very much. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, awaken the night with it.